Welcome to Reboot or Rewind, a podcast in which we talk about our favorite movies and TV shows and the reboots that are bound to happen. I'm Rachel. And I'm Ty. And let's rewind back to 2005 and watch My Wife and Kids. What you talking about, what? You got it, dude. You little nasty. Hello, 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 Ty. Happy almost November. Um, Not to give too much away about our recording schedule, but tomorrow is Halloween. Um, Hopefully everyone watched our or listened to our Halloween Town episode before they celebrated Halloween because it's the time to do it. Um, But we are looking at a new season. Um, How have you been? What you been up to? I've been so busy. I, um, Vegas, I went to, I've been talking about this forever, for months, but I finally got to go to Vegas. It was so fun. Haley Williams was amazing. It was so long, such a long day, but I got to see everyone I wanted to see. So Good. it was very organized. It was not a scam. Pierce DeVale was probably like one of the bands I really wanted to see only because I saw them like at 16. Mm -hmm. So like to see them again at, you know, not 16, (laughs) you know, for so many years later, it was like, wow. It just like brought me back. Like it brought me back. Do you think so? I already saw that they are selling tickets for the festival next year. I like Green Day. I don't need to see Bleak 182. This is just a personal preference. This is, yeah. I'm not saying that they're bad. They're just, I think that they are right before my time, if that makes sense. Like, I like Green Day because I like American Idiot, but I, that's like what I grew up on is American Idiot, like not like their dookie phase, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think, but the under, like the undercard player, I kind of do want to see like Yellow Card. I, yeah. I like Yellow Card. Like, I like those... Bless the fall. You want to talk about my screamo days, but like those bands, I would like to see. But I don't think I want to pay all that money to fly out to Vegas again right. to get another hotel again to go see Green Day and Big Money too. Um, I like them, but not enough. There's not a band on there that I'm like, oh, I need to see. Yeah, well, I'm glad you had a great time. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it wasn't a scam. I'm happy too. See. <laughs> podcasters Rachel has been telling me this for like months it's a scam and none of these people are gonna be there I I was saying I hope it wasn't a scam for y'all's sake but yes part of me thought it was gonna be a scam Mm -hmm. so yeah so I'm glad it wasn't a scam at least not for y'all the people who had Saturday tickets I'd be feeling some type of way if I was them luck of the draw though that y'all picked Sunday thank god Mm -hmm. (laughs) well speaking of a festival of bands that i think are considered classic um parts of american culture the emo music scene is a classic part of american culture um (laughs) another classic part of american culture is the classic to early 2000s family sitcom And what better example of an American family sitcom from the early 2000s than My Wife and Kids, an iconic show. So before we get into My Wife and Kids, Ty, would you like to tell us a little bit about it? I surely can. My Wife and Kids is an American sitcom on ABC from 2001. The 2005, it was co-created, co-produced, and starred Damon Wayans. And the show is about Michael Kyle, played by Wayans, as he navigates fatherhood and husbandom with his wacky antics. Husbandom. Husbandom. I don't think it's a, a word. word that you've invented. <laughs> but like, what's the, like, you know, like, fatherhood, motherhood. Like, there has to be, like, a wifedom, husbandom. I don't know. It's not a word, but I'm making it a word today. You like know marriage? Marriage doom? No, just marriage. Oh, fatherhood and marriage and fatherhood. Oh, that just <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> and marriage. You can tell I'm not married. 
house and dumb. No, it's it's a cool word. And you know, it could be a word, honestly, because like when you said wife dumb, I was like, oh, maybe I've heard that before. Right. I feel like yeah. I've heard that before too. <laughs> of course it's the patriarchy. Right. <laughs> oh, hold on, let me Google real quick if wife dumb is a word. There's a book called Wife Dumb. So I'm going to say it's oh, a word. <laughs> I bet that book has not aged well. Yeah. But this is, so you said this is um, produced by Damon Wayans. It is a Wayans Brothers production, mm-hmm. which um, was quite an era of television and movies when the Wayans Brothers were at their prime mm-hmm. uh, in a whole family, um, mm-hmm. their sons. Uh, and, you know, I'm not saying were because, like, you know, many of them are still very active and very successful in movie and television, but um yeah to see this kind of like early part of the waynes brothers era was is really cool and also don rio is also a co-creator who also made blossom and Mm. my wife and kids and the ranch which is on netflix yeah so how did you feel about the show when it was on television well i guess we didn't probably didn't watch it when it was actually on on for the first time we watched it in uh what's it called sync syndication no, syndication i watched it, I watched it as in 2001 child. when you were six um yeah my you watched it when it was them. airing for the first time when you yes, were six years my old my parents was watching it and i was six it with them. I mean, okay. I like you know like it was like one of those things where like i'm eating dinner and my parents are watching it kind of thing okay. <laughs> do i remember any of it <laughs> no but it's like you know my parents like sick, like my parents like sitcoms and stuff like that, like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And and you know, Tisha, especially Tisha, just came, like not just came off, but like she was in one of the most iconic black sitcoms of ever times, which is Martin. And so, like yeah. coming from Martin to My Life and Kids, and also Damon Wayans, like the Wayans family was also a full fledged you know household name, especially in my household mm-hmm. by that time. So of course, my parents watched it. Did they? Did I? Um, oh, like you know, like understand it? No, right. But I was watching it pretty. Maybe not at six, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think I maybe watched like the final two seasons when they were live wow. airing for the first time, yeah. and then watched the whole series throughout the next couple of years through syndication. Yeah, uh, but that was back in the time of cable where like you know you caught the episodes when they were on it was tough to watch all the episodes all the way through in order because you just mm-hmm. it's cable i think also that's why i miss cable a little bit like i like i like the access of when i want to watch my favorite episode i can go and watch it but i like having the russian roulette of just going on cable and seeing that there's an episode that's about to start and i'm mm-hmm. watching the episode and i don't get to pick and that's decision is off my back because i feel like especially with white my wife kids there's some episodes i absolutely love and i watch them all the time but then i feel like i don't watch all the other episodes yeah and then i'm like oh yeah i remember liking this episode but i don't think of it because it's not like the go-to's that i go to mm-hmm. um not to like you know piggyback like one of my favorite episodes is when they all have to like get a hobby or like a and <laughs> junior made that poem where he was making these poems <laughs> and i was like what like, he was like stab bleed like you know this like weird slam poetry that he was doing yeah hilarious but, yeah and there are like um you know with every classic sitcom there are episodes that are just the storyline is just some funny little idea um that begins and ends within that episode but then there are episodes that are plot turning points and like we see um life-changing events and i think those tend to be the episodes i go back and rewatch by choice but yeah when you watched it on cable you never know what you were gonna get so you got to see a lot more of just the funny whimsical episodes um that didn't carry a lot of weight or gravitas but like we're just fun to see a family be a family, which in kind of my opinion of the show, I think this is one of the, the family sitcoms that really, I think, authentically showed a family being a family. Like mm-hmm. they just 
the way the kids bickered, the way the parents parented, um, a lot of it was really just like, this is a family and they interacted like a family and, you know, they have breakfast together and they, it was just felt really real. So I think it was a really good, a really good sitcom. And it's also a great show about transitioning too. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially like with Jay and how she wanted to go back to work because she's like, oh, well, the kids are older now. I want, and then how she had to navigate doing that. Also just Junior and when he had his baby and all that shenanigans, you know, happening for season four and five and all that stuff. And it's, and like you said, like it was grounded because it was funny. And, you know, of course we all laugh with our friend, but also it had those serious moments. Yeah. No, it definitely did. Um, it navigated how life moments can change families um, and transition, like you said. Um, and I also, too, I really like that Jay and Michael really, really seem to love each other. Um, like, I hate this. I think in the later 2000s, we started to get a lot of family sitcoms where, like, the the wife was constantly like nagging and berating the husband and the husband was constantly making jokes about like, Oh, I hate my wife. Um, and the husband, the what? Yeah. Every, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, and the, um, grounded for life, um, King of Queens. Like it was a lot of shows that were just like some incompetent husband was not doing anything for the family, just sitting around and would yell at the kids and, and yell at everyone. And then the wife would be doing all the work and just constantly the husband. They would just always make jokes about how much they hate each other. But these two, like they worked together as a unit and like, they constantly showed their love for each other. Um, and they were constantly like, um, com- like not compassionate towards each other, but just like, yeah, they acted like a real married couple, like that you could understand why they were together and why they had decided to build this family together. And I think that was really cool to see too. The, the solid nature of that relationship in that family um, and the way that they were equal partners too. One of my favorite episodes, I don't know if this jumps too much, but is when um, Jay's gone to be, to take care of her mom for a couple episodes and Michael's mm-hmm. left to take care of the kids. And what I like about it is, and for the early 2000s, this is great that he's not shown as incompetent he's doing everything and he's not complaining. He's not telling Jay to come home early because he doesn't know how to do anything. Never Mm -hmm. once does he ask Jay to come home early. He cooks the meals. The only problem is that like the youngest kid misses their mom. Like they kind of miss their mom, but he's doing everything. And the house is household is functioning because he Mm -hmm. can, because he's just as much a parent as the other. And like, I hate the weaponized incompetence that we see in these other family sitcoms that happen later, where Mm -hmm. if the wife was gone, all the jokes were the husband doesn't know how to do anything like accidentally blows up the washing machine or like doesn't know how to cook and burns, like burns something. But you see him, he's, he's making them breakfast. He doesn't make them the breakfast they want, but he makes them scrambled eggs and he does it. Like he knows how to do it. He he's baking cookies. Um, and he's putting starch in the clothes. Like he's just not doing the thing, like some things the way that they had, the kids were used to, but yeah, he's never at once saying like, I don't know how to do this. And he's never calling the wife mm-hmm. and saying like, you have to come home. I don't know how to take care of the kids. And I think that's really cool to see in the early 2000s because that's what a marriage should look like, equal partnership. Especially when she went back to work. Cause I think they had those conversations on the show about like, remember she was trying to do it all and then she got really burned out because she was at work and then she had to do all this stuff and she got tired and you know she yelled at Michael because he felt but then after that like you know he kind of was trying to pick up some of the slack and things like that so it was you know it was great but also um that also reminded me of the funny episode with Betty White who was kind of like the Mary Poppins I don't know if you remember this episode, but she was doing everything. And then there was just like, wow, we love her so much. And Jay was getting a little bit jealous because, you know, they were then loving like all her pancakes. And all her yeah. Stuff. But it wasn't, like, it wasn't like, but it wasn't because like, oh, I am a mother and I need, I want to do those things for you. It's just like, oh, I just, you know, miss doing those things. Yeah. We, and we saw a lot of moments like that with Jay is um, that she really enjoyed doing that stuff and like kind of felt mm-hmm. yeah 
like when she goes that like when she kind of becomes a stay-at-home mom for a little while and she chooses she originally chooses to not go back to work after being fired um Mm -hmm. before then changing careers later but um but yeah that she like genuinely like valued her contribution to the family and her um role as a mother raising the children and also they weren't like because certain especially now more modern times and you probably even like also in the past too like she's not just like an extension of michael either Mm -hmm. um i also think this is also very much a claire not like claire hospital also was an extension of of clips from the coffee show um because like for other you know um sitcoms it was just like the father had all the lines and all the characteristics and all that stuff whereas the wife didn't really have that much it was just an extension of whatever the man was doing but jay had her own like friends who came over and her own um hobbies and even at her home, her own dynamic with the children, and then we got to see all that. But especially um, Tony, like their <laughs> interaction was hilarious. Um, but speaking of Tony, who is your favorite character? To mine is Tony. I don't know why. Really, I, I find Tony a little obnoxious in the, in the like the last season. But no, I, I do like Tony mm-hmm. when I think he's he's interesting paired with Claire. Yeah. Um, well, do you want to talk about Tony before I talk about mine then? Uh, I don't know. I just, I think Tony was just, I think Tony and Franklin brought something interesting to the show. Um, Franklin was just hilarious because like he was just such in love with Katie and, and Katie was eating that shit up. Um, but I guess like Tony was naive. So it wasn't that he was dumb. Cause like, I think Claire was portrayed as, you know, the ditzy pretty girl. All of this is in quotes. Um, whereas like, Tony was like the naive god um child who was like was raised in a church and you know didn't know about the real world and all this stuff and just him playing off of especially Jay and Michael hilarious yeah like, every time he like cried about something and you just like see like this Jay just looking at him like boy if you don't shut up <laughs> No, yeah, it's it's it is fun to see like the kind of change in dynamic of like a boyfriend for the the daughter in the family that the parents actually really like, <laughs> like yeah. that they like really they they think he's a good fit for their daughter or they like they really like how he treats her. And I think mm-hmm. in other family sitcoms, it's a joke, like mm-hmm. that the parents never like the it's usually like the boyfriend of the daughter, like um, that they don't like. And the dad always gets protective, but it's like, it's funny to bring in this guy, Tony, who like is just completely respectful and like is never going to do anything the parents don't want. <laughs> um, and so it is interesting to see that dynamic of like Michael, who like specifically like does not want to like his daughter's boyfriend, finally come to the realization that he likes this dude. <laughs> um, and even when like, it's just because they're just, you know, a bunch of teenagers and they don't, and they don't realize it. Um, it's like the episode it was i guess not a serious episode but it's like when claire and tony i guess decide that they wanted to have sex for the first time yeah. and they go to the hotel room they would and they were just freaking and like you know of course michael and jay were freaking out about it but then when they came home and because he's like tony's like oh i found a bible it was a sign that i shouldn't be doing this and, and they couldn't it is their heart of hearts could tell them like there's a bible in every it's usually there's a bible in every um, hotel room and they're like nope we got the we got the results we wanted. <laughs> You're not gonna tell. Yeah, but it is like funny because it's like one they had that open conversation with them anyway about like mm-hmm. them like moving on to the next step of their relationship, but also it's just funny. This is how it ends, and it's like you know what, boy. Yes, it was a sign. Yeah, <laughs> and I just like this explains their dynamic because like we're not gonna tell this sweet child. Such a sweet summer boy about about this, but yes. Yeah, he had that kind of shared like naivete, like because Claire also had a little bit of naivete. And so it it did seem like 
Um, like, and I, that's a good example of that. And they were kind of like willing to just like let that buy in and like let that play out. Just like let them stay naive. <laughs> um, you know what I, I thought about though, as you were kind of saying that um, it is interesting that they didn't really have any of the children date around a whole lot. It was like once a, a partner was found for each of them, they kind of stayed with that person. So like nobody oh. serious, nobody serious was introduced for anyone. Like Junior went on like a date to maybe a mm-hmm. date or two. And then mm-hmm. suddenly Vanessa's brought in and it's just Vanessa. There's no like breakup explored. There's no like a moving on explored. And then like with Claire, she's with Tony. That's the first like real boy. Actually, the person who plays Tony, I think, comes in as an as a different person yeah. in like the first season. Yeah. Um, and that's like her first date. But then once she's Did with you chase Tony, that boy boy. She chased that bad boy for a while for like Jason, like, but that was like an episode. That was like a, a storyline for an, epi- mm-hmm. a, an episode. Yeah. And it was like a way of because she didn't like that her parents like Tony. So it was still about Tony. Um, mm-hmm. And then Tony's with her through the end of the series. And then with Katie, it's Katie and Franklin. Um, and uh, Katie should not be dating around too much anyway. So that's, I think, more just like a Katie and Franklin kind of thing. Um, but it's just interesting that we didn't see Claire or Junior have more than one significant significant other in the in the in the series it just kind of like stayed with that um even though junior technically had two because they recasted vanessa um i mean they also recast claire they also so. recasted claire <laughs> but when they recast claire they made a joke about it yeah they were like you look different and yeah. then which so i weird. always love yeah. I love when they do that. <laughs> but when they recast Vanessa, because of, because of how they did it, it was very interesting. I guess Megan Good didn't want to come back for the forever, like for the rest of the thing. So if you watched, what is that, season three, the last episode of season three is like, I am pregnant. And then the start of season four, it's like the same thing, but it's a different person. Mm-hmm. And like, it, and it blew my mind because like I never pieced those two things together if that makes sense like yeah. I knew Vanessa was making good and I also knew that Vanessa was Brooklyn Sardano but like could you watch the syndication so I remember the episode where Megan Good was in it I remember the episodes that Brooklyn Sardano was in it and then but then when I watched it you know on Hulu it was like wow wow yeah yeah, but to have two variations of the same scene exist <laughs> uh, is is fascinating. But um, yeah, and and you know, it's not super common to have multiple recastings in a sitcom. But um, I think the Claire one went over okay because it was at, it was only after one season. And so, and since it was a child that hadn't gotten a lot of screen time or not, I guess not gotten a lot of screen time, but like with children characters, you expect them to change and grow in front of your eyes throughout the sitcom. So I think it was just kind of accepted as like, a, oh, the kid looks different. No, I guess, uh, I don't know. I actually, I, I kind of disagree with that. I think, okay. Because I feel like they look too different. Because yeah. like changing, because Jazz is a dark skin, mm-hmm. you know, girl, and they also changed her character too. So like, not only when Jazz was playing her, yeah, she maybe have been like into her clothes and like you know was into boys, like I guess teenage girls are, and um, and I think they also aged her up as well, um. So like you know she was like into boys and all this other stuff, and but she still was smart, like she was like competitive and she was driven. But then, as a dark skin you know girl, but then when she became a light skinned girl with you know curly hair and all this stuff, she became like ditzy. I don't know what they were like trying to say with that. They just like wanted that because Junior was supposed to be the dumb one, you know mm-hmm. and. And then Claire was supposed to be the smart one, and that's why they were foils for each other. And then Katie was the cute baby one. But yeah. then they changed it to like 
guess they were both foils because you know they're siblings, but they both was like equally dumb. <laughs> You I mean, I don't I mean? think, yeah, I don't think Claire was supposed to be dumb, though. She got, like, and she she got straight A's in school all the way through school. And, like, mm. we see her studying hard for the PSATs and stuff. Like, we see her taking school seriously. And she is very much shown as smarter than Junior, even though she's younger mm. than him. I think she's just, I, I, I think ditzy is a good word for her, but it was more like she just didn't know a lot about the world. Like, she didn't have a lot of common sense. Um mm-hmm. And like, but that's even worse, though. So it's kind of, and you know, not to get into like racial dynamics mm-hmm. here, but mm-hmm. that's even to me, that's where I couldn't say that, like, you know, as the closer to whiteness, the more ability you are to be naive and you know, to mm-hmm. be wide and stuff like that. But when she was dark skinned, she had to have that common sense because as a dark-skinned Black woman, you have to have that stuff. But when she became light-skinned Claire, then, you know, she could, you know, have her heads in the clouds and, you know, and be able to do that stuff. But also be smart as well. You know, but she didn't have to wear that smartness on her sleeves like other, like, darker women have, like, darker-skinned women have to. So I don't know if that's, like, a good thing. Cause I remember, I do remember that because that's when, um, like when Junior got into college and she's like, well, I had all these great stuff and no one, you know, mm-hmm. say congratulations to me. He gets into one college and everyone's so happy. Um, I do remember that. So I will recant that, that she was dumb. But thinking about it even more makes me a little bit more hesitant about it as a dark skin. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I still like it- Claire. You don't. I know. I still. I still do. Okay. Yeah. Kind of, uh, wanna. Um. I was also gonna ask though. Now, uh, just before we, because I, I want to say something about Claire. But wasn't the recasting for Vanessa also a dark skinned black girl to a lighter skinned? So it's interesting that they that both times that was the situation. It was like during that time where they don't do it as much anymore, or they actually. Mm, that's a lie. I, I, it's a little bit harder now, I guess. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, there's always was like a time where there was like a dark skinned man with a light skinned woman. Like, it was like a thing. Mm-hmm. And so Jazz kind of did not fit in because then now Claire and Katie both kind of look like Jay. And then Junior and Michael got to be a little bit darker than them, which was very much early 2000s mm. black casting. Besides the curse show, the coffee show. Um, but with Claire, the one thing I was going to bring up with her um, is one of my favorite bits in this show is her... Um, it doesn't happen too often, but when it does, it's hilarious. When she gets excited and comes around the corner for the stairs and falls down the stairs. <laughs> Like sometimes she falls real hard. That was such a good bit though. And and actually it's it's interesting because there's a couple bits like that, like running gags like that in in a, mm-hmm. a few different sitcoms. And I think that was one of the first ones. Um, but it kind of reminds me of the modern family bit where every time Phil goes up the stairs or down the stairs, he like hits one or every time someone goes up the stairs they say oh gotta fix that step um and it's like a running gag i really i just i like bits like that like little running gags um so that's that cracked me up every time (laughs) every time and it was like worse every time like she i think just stumbled once and then just like really fell and then just completely like tumbled down the stairs once and like hit the wall um so i think that was a cool uh, a cool thing with claire but i i think claire's character could have been given more but it's middle child syndrome you know Mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense for her to not kind of go under the radar for a little bit sometimes and to demand attention there at the end because katie does get a lot of attention but she's also like you know the precocious younger child Mm -hmm. which is actually she wasn't that bad she was i liked when she was little because she was a she seemed like a real little kid like she said like dumb kids stuff 
But then when they brought Franklin in, the two of them together, oh, Franklin I, is the definition of a precocious child. I love Franklin. I love the little friend. child genius thing. And he's like teaching junior calculus. And he's like, yeah, I taught a class at a university. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. What? Let that him, doesn't let- happen. Five-year-olds do not teach classes at universities. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. little boy genius and so well, him and then when they paired him with katie katie became more mm-hmm. um like she was still definitely just more of a normal child than he was mm-hmm. but ugh, i can't stand the precocious little kid in a tv series cannot stand it well he's like <laughs> but i guess it's because like it mirrored like his actual like real life because he's like supposed to be like a piano prodigy or something mm-hmm. and he was like at age five playing at like sydney opera house or something like that so like i guess that's what they were i guess they changed it to like teaching a class but like he's like a savant because like yeah and like i like definitely like like if they if it was just that if he was just like a piano prodigy like that's great that's fine because like that does like that's a thing but when they make turn him into this like genius mm-hmm. it's like okay it's a little much a mm-hmm. little much um but so you like franklin i like franklin um <laughs> i think i love the boy genius i like smart guy um yeah. yeah and it was funny because he was just like such in love with katie but like it, yeah i remember he had those like blinky shoes yeah <laughs> <laughs> blinky, blinky, blinky. and i i will say i do like that for him because that's like that's the time when you see him as a child. Like when you yeah. remember, like this is still a child. Yes. Um, and I like that because like, I think that's what we miss when we have those character types that are like a, a young child who's, who's smarter than nor- like their typical age and mm-hmm. who tells the parents what like it is and stuff. I like that we got, a, we got moments of childhood with him still, that he's still a very young kid and he still likes kid things. So that was a cool moment for him. And there was also a couple of episodes where, like, he tried to give Michael or Jay advice. I'm like, why am I listening to a child? <laughs> like, they yeah. had to, like, snap out of it. Like, why am I listening to this <laughs> child? Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was um, very cute. And I love how, like, sometimes, um, like, towards the end, they're like, Katie, you're not cute, that cute kid anymore. You can't boss me around like this anymore. Uh, which is a funny, like, you know, play on, like, what the last, you know, the younger child is usually this there to do for sitcom. Yeah. Yeah, no longer the baby who comes in with, like, the cute mm-hmm. moment. Like, sorry, you're a child. Mm-hmm. Like, you're a full child now. <laughs> uh, is there any characters you don't like? I mean, I, it's not that I dislike Junior. I dislike Junior. I he had some funny moments. I, a lot of the moments, like I said, like when he had the slam poetry, hilarious. But then once, once it started like with the baby stuff, I'm like, Lord Jesus, get this man <laughs> something. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's always it's pulling a uh Korea Topanga. That girl was gonna go to Yale. Like some <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're like, I think it was Yale because they live in Connecticut. They live in Connecticut. So I think it was Yale. Like, she was supposed to go to Yale, but then she got pregnant with this bonehead kid and she had to give all that up to be married to Junior? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I don't really like how they kind of like chain, like, suddenly out of the blue, he was like interested in art and animation and like had a successful comic. And it's like in the first two seasons, he never once no, showed it. Like he wrote, a, you know, a couple poems, but like drawing, like drawing animations and art. I, I, I don't remember when, when this happened, what season it happened, because it was when, I remember um, Damon Wayne's actual son, Damon Wayne's junior. Yeah, the basketball uh, team. Yeah. Um, I think they came over and they made fun of his, art what season was that in they they didn't make fun of his art there was like a sculpture that michael owned on the yeah that on the fireplace that they stole no that yeah i remember that one and then 
them when they always had to like hit on Claire. But no, there was a there was a time I don't remember it. I remember, but like they would like making some like he was like, like yeah, I like to do this, and they were and they were like, oh that's stupid, and he was like, yeah, that's stupid. Never mind. Mm. I don't remember what season that was in. Okay. Yeah, so maybe it's more consistent than I thought. If that's the case, <clears throat> I don't think it was totally consistent, but I do. Cause I could have been like in season three, you know, like it wasn't like that way. Like wasn't a season one or two. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think he was a little bit too dumb. Yes, yes. Like, and it was just it was a little frustrating sometimes when he said like really dumb stuff. And the parents just like laughed at it rather than correcting him. Cause like, that's not really how that, like when I remember he was having a conversation with his dad about like how long it would take him to earn a thousand dollars. And he was like, okay, how many months is in a year? 15. So that's, I don't know, 35 years. Um, And that would be a moment where a parent would say, no, there's 12 months in a year. Like, just so you know, cause that's something you definitely need to know. There's 12 months in a year. And so first of all, someone who's 16, not knowing there's 12 months in a year, that's does that's not that doesn't happen. Um, someone not- who goes to public school would know that, and and they clearly they go to school. Um, and then for the for the parent not to be like, no, actually, like this is that's this is important information for you. You need to know that that's wrong, and to just be like, yeah, okay. And then he makes a joke about like, so, yeah, I want you to go to two-year college, so 30 months, and like just continue to like enable that uh, lack of knowledge. That's I not think- really realistic. I think that, like, after you establish that he was wrong, then you can, like, make a joke about it. Like, yeah, yeah 30 months, haha, remember when you thought it was 15 months in a year? But you gotta, like, say, no, that was wrong before you can make a joke about it. Right. Because now he's both thinking, like, yeah, 15 months. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so no, that, was, that's, that was very true. I think it was a lot of hand-holding, but I feel like that is kind of what people do with their sons sometimes you know they like handhold their sons but then um you know harley and then they're like because claire they're like claire you have to have this responsibility and all this stuff but i feel like they also just it was weird because like i guess because they were sure like they were upper middle class so there was like kind of like a lot of time mike jr was like i don't have to work because my dad got money yeah and they're like no, you do have to work. And then they still get him whatever he had asked for, the reason why they had to, to start getting a job anyway. I I think Michael could be a little over the top sometimes, but I think that was his character. Like he was he was the center of comedy on the show. All the characters were funny. All the characters had amazing lines and amazing moments. But I think he was supposed to be the center and the anchor for the comedy on the show. So I think he had to be over the top, but like he was just a bit too much sometimes in the way that he made fun of the kids and made fun of Jay. Um, I wish he could, I don't know. Um, but he like was clearly like he was clearly a good parent um mm-hmm. and clearly loved his wife. Um, so it wasn't like that. It wasn't that it was bad, but it's just like it was just a tad over the top. I think my least favorite part of the show stems from a moment of Michael's behavior that was unacceptable. And that was the storyline in season two regarding Jay's weight, because that was one of the most fat phobic things I've ever seen on TV that it was a multiple episode arc. Now it's early two thousands. So we have to like, give it that. Mm -hmm. Um, That was just how things like that were treated on TV at the time. So I don't want to say like, specifically my wife and kids did this bad but it was a really hard to watch story arc when she comes home and she really doesn't look that different but it's supposed to be she walks through the door and it's a big reveal and like you're supposed to everybody's supposed to realize it right away that she's gained a couple pounds and then Mm -hmm. michael suddenly is not able to perform sexually because she's gained literally a couple pounds like she's and she's still gorgeous but she's gained a couple pounds and then he he like mentions it to her and he's like, okay, so since you've accepted that I'm not, that, that you're not going to do anything about this, I'm going to just start gaining weight. And then she has a nightmare where the entire family is like very overweight, but they're acting like pigs. Like they're eating like piles of bacon and pancakes and like talking about um, just 
acting disgusting and that's mirrored with their weight it's like oh they're acting like this because they're overweight and it's just incredibly fat phobic it's incredibly disgusting and then she wakes up she's terrified so she starts start, decides to start losing weight and then we get these multiple episodes where she's dieting in a very unhealthy way and they're talking about being fat in a very problematic and unhealthy way um jay michael takes a picture of her eating a cupcake and puts it on the wall of shame like it's bad stuff they have a a food group called chubby buddies and Mm -hmm. all the women in the group are are shown as like ravenous for any food they can't control themselves like michael Mm -hmm. walks through the door with a pie they all run after him and, and and tackle him and it's like that is such a terrible depiction it's just like it was just very fat phobic. And so since it was a multiple episode arc, it was hard to ignore it as just like a one-off thing or a joke from the 2000s. It became like an entire thing. And the fact that Michael was the instigator of it, it, it was hard for me early in the series to separate him from that misogynistic and fat phobic treatment of Jay in the first mm-hmm. two seasons. And in the last season, like literally the last episode, I don't even remember, the episode where Jay where Jay was like telling him that he should get a vasectomy and mm-hmm. he made this whole big deal about it how he didn't want to do it and all this stuff but she was like I don't want to get my two set because that's major surgery kind of the same kind of conversations that we're having now and then he presses her pretty much like you know I guess they don't really show that part but definitely like pressures her into having sex with him and then she winds up getting pregnant. And then well, we mm-hmm. don't know what happens because the show gets canceled. But that's also like, you know, especially nowadays after, you know, things in life has been changing, that's also showing, like you said, like that weird um, behavior that Jay, that Michael has. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all, you know, that Jay would have to for something I guess not simple because, you know, it is a procedure, but easier than, you know, the alternative, but she wanted them getting pregnant. Yeah. Which quite a cliffhanger. <laughs> right. I mean I don't sometimes I don't even watch the episode because like I don't even one because like Michael was kind of weird, like and like a kind of abhorrent in that episode, but also it's the last episode. I don't want to end on a cliffhanger. Yeah. I wish yeah. they got like, the actual like ending. Right. Like no once they I think learned that they weren't gonna get renewed, I wish we would have gotten like maybe a one-shot episode or like a flash forward. Um it's also because it's like it's really frustrating because we get the revelation with no conversation about then what they're gonna do about that or like how Jay feels about that. Like it's just like she literally like just like deadpans him and says it doesn't matter anyway because i'm pregnant and then walks away and then that's it that's all we get we don't get like anything after that and that's so frustrating um to end the season in that way after five seasons to end the series entire series that way is just well while we're on that episode and all that Mm -hmm. stuff why don't we get into you know reboot territory if the show ever does get a reboot do you think that will come up? Because now it's been too long to even, so like either they have a kid or they don't have a kid, you know? Yeah. Um, so if the show ever does get rebooted, do you think they would have like a 17-year-old kid? God, I can't I believe it's been that long. 17-year-old kid is like, they just gonna pop up. <laughs> yeah. I think it would probably be a lot like a, um, do you remember with so the the girl meets world reboot mm-hmm. how Corey's parents had had a kid when they were older so mm-hmm. that kid was now a teenager when Corey was mm-hmm. a, a full-grown adult um so i think if they were to come back what they, they were create a situation like that where we're now focused on maybe more junior and vanessa and their kid but we get Michael and Jay come back as grandparents and then we get that kid come Mm. through and maybe like be friends or help out with the with the kid um just like kind of we see the dynamic in girl meets world so I think we would see that 
I guess they will have, well, maybe they might have two kids by now and have multiple kids because how old was Junior's kid by the time the end of the show? Maybe one. Still a baby. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so they're only like a a year difference between Junior's kid and. um, Right. So that could be a very interesting dynamic. Because mm. I so that kid is probably what? So say if this come out in 2023, even if we don't know that, it's not going to come out. But in 2020, that kid, like, what was they, what did they name the kid? I don't remember. Um, Junior Vanessa kid is 19, and then maybe their kid might be 17, 18. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it would be the same purpose like the same thing that what happened like during the christmas episode and he walks in he's like wow he's so old yeah i think it's and they're kind of at that age where it's like okay once they become adults should we focus the series on them then the kids Mm -hmm. um but I think what's complicated about it is as opposed to like with Girl Meets World and Boy Meets World, it was okay to focus the show on Corey's kid because Corey was the focus of the original show. And mm-hmm. for it to be one generation removed is okay. But I would say in My Wife and Kids, Michael is the focus of the show. Well, and the kids are too, but not in the way that Corey was for Boy Meets World. So if we focus on the kids, we're now two generations removed from the original title character who lead, who led the show. And I think well, that we, might be too too far removed. What we could do is it could be kind of like a my wife and kids or and then it could kind of like X out the kids kind of thing where now they're finally happy because they're finally empty nesters. But they're not really empty nesters because their kids come and bother them all the time. That yeah. kind of could be like what the show is about. So it's still about my life and my kids, but now it's my grandkids who are always coming around. It's like, what do you want? I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to be retired. I finally retired. Let me be, you know, let me be my old man curmudgeon, you know, yeah. but, but no, like he's in like, cause I just looked at him. Daniel Williams 62, which is crazy. He doesn't look it, but he's 62. And Tisha Campbell is only 54. But mm-hmm. so it could have been, you know, it could be kind of like that kind of thing where um, Jay and Michael could be like, yeah, we're empty nesters now. We finally, after our other kid was bored, he's finally out the house. He's in college now. But then he goes to like UConn. So he's like really close to them. And he always comes and visit. And then Junior and Vanessa and Carrie, Katie always visit. Probably one of them is going to try to like live with them again. They're like, no, we're yeah. I mean, I think it would have to be part of the premise that one of the kids, something happens in their life and they have to move back in with their parents mm-hmm. because I, I don't think we could get now, unless we went all like Grace and Frankie with it, I don't think we could get a show entirely focused on an elderly couple living. Mm-hmm. I guess elderly is a, I mean, they'd probably only be in their 60s, but like living alone. And just having their kids pop in every now and then, unless they like they were going through something like the mm-hmm. the like Michael and Jay, because um, there has to be a premise besides just like empty nesters. Because um, like for because something needs to be going on in their home and like and in their. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, probably probably like I can see Claire moving back in or maybe mm-hmm. Katie maybe either Claire or Katie because I think Michael I think Junior probably is like running the business now Michael sold the business in season five didn't he yeah oh my god he did he did I do remember that so I was because I was thinking in my mind before I remember that before you before you reminded me of that because it was like oh Junior like you would see Junior at work and you can have like the dynamics of junior. Mm-hmm. Also, he will come over with like the, with you know, um, Vanessa and the kids and stuff. But you really just like see him at work, and then like you see him like in both places. But yeah, maybe maybe Katie. I could see Katie. You know, when you mentioned like, like yeah, the dynamic of like if Junior moved back in or something, but then you saw him and Michael like working together that that is giving very tyler perry's house of pain 
Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is was an interesting way to have a, a show focus on an elder generation that then has to deal with like grown kids moving back in with their family navigating this fuller house situation Mm -hmm. but then also they work together at the fire station so Mm -hmm. being around them constantly um that that could have been if he hadn't sold the trucking business it could have been interesting to see that the dynamic Mm -hmm. of michael and kyle now working together as adults in the same business michael and junior michael and junior kyle is their last name yes <laughs> I know, I've been like flip flopping the names in my head as you can you guys can hear. But I think um and that would be a I think that's how I would do it. So kind of like a kind of what happened like towards the end of Modern Family. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of all live there, but then they all kind of just like come and visit. Yeah. Um you don't have that many sets because I think they filmed against a live studio audience, or was it just a laugh track? Um, it was a laugh. Well, no, they didn't have a, la- a laugh track at all. They didn't have anything. When the jokes were said, there was nothing. Oh, why did yeah. I think it was a laugh track? Because like you were laughing theory. when you watched it, because it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like a Big Bang Theory where it was a laugh track. But they didn't film against a live studio audience. Big Bang Theory, but they had a laugh track. Why did I always think it was a laugh track? Wow. Anyway, anywho, um, but yeah, they can kind of do something like that where like the house is still the main point, um, and it was just like a whole bunch of people walking in and out. It could be like the grandkids coming in, like, "Oh, I'm, I'm having a fight with mom. Mm-hmm. Come protect me!" And Jay's like, "I'll come and protect you." And then Claire coming in, yelling at her kid or whatever. And, and then Jay is like, well, remember when you did the same thing back, you know? And they like referenced another episode, like, like the episode with, um, was it her and Raven when they tried to, when they lied to go, go to that party? And then they did that whole elaborate plan. And Michael had to like um, piece all the, the things together because every, because Claire thought that she, um, yeah, that was Claire and two other friends. Raven was in the episode where like, as Charmaine like was pregnant. pregnant yeah yeah i don't know why guest star yeah i don't know why i thought that it was um she was also in that episode but it could be something like that like oh she sneaked out to a party it's like i remember when you sneaked out to a party and you did this whole library scheme and it's like a to make a call back to the yeah. first show i can see it i think i would enjoy it but then but in that situation though michael and jay would still be the focus of the show yeah i just don't think that would be interesting enough there's gonna be a boring retired couple but i think i think the problem is that david williams is such a good comedic actor i don't think truthfully any of the kids have the chops to lead a show on their own yeah and i think you would need you especially tisha and and Damon, like I feel like they yeah. brought the chops to the show, and I do not think the kids have it to do it. And I think even if you see their household and all that stuff, you have to be able to circuit back to them too. Yeah, I no, I think to be successful, they have to be a main component of the reboot because, I mean, yeah, like Damon Wayne's, but then Tisha Campbell was born yeah. to be on a sitcom, right? Like exactly. So they they would have to be a large centerpiece of it. I just think then there has to be more going on than just them occasionally interacting with their grown children. Like, I mean, they could like you know try to do you know some retire activities and stuff like that, dance classes. Maybe they might go on vacation once in a while. Maybe that's like the the big season. You know, ending is them trying to go on a vacation, but then the kids follow them. Um, and stuff like that yeah i'm saying i i say we get all grace and frankie with it and we just have them like them get so into the like kind of something happens at the beginning of the reboot where like they just acknowledge how 
they're like free now and they need to like mm-hmm. reinvent this new chapter in their lives as old people and they can do stuff. Like maybe they mm-hmm. just have this realization that life is going to be, become too boring or too routine. They're like we should do something. And then they do something to like reinvent their lives. Well, I think if they are going to acknowledge the kid at the end of season five, then it's like, okay, he's finally like away for college. Yeah. Like he's be like 17. If, well, maybe like six, like 16, 17, they could age him up a little bit because we're not, I'm doing the math, but I think people won't be that bothered by, you know, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, oh, he's finally free. He's off to college. Let's like reinvent ourselves. Yeah. And then they're like, start a restaurant together, or they move some, try to move somewhere, or they do something that just like, because I also think we need more shows about older people. Like, we need Mm. more shows showing that like your life is not over when you turn 60. Mm. Like, I mean, as long as you're like healthy, you should, you have like a whole nother chapter. And it doesn't mean you just have to like sit there and read a book. Um, So, like, and that's what I love about like Grace and Frankie. I think it's one of the best shows about older people that we have. Um, so I'd love to see them come up with something that makes Jay and Michael's la- like uh, end of life chapter interesting. Like they go do something. They have a new adventure. No, I totally agree. Or like whatever, like, you know, their problems become the kids' problems becomes their problems, and then they're like, I, yeah. I still have no peace. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd love to see Jay becoming a professor at the school that their youngest child ends up attending. That'd be funny. Because I, she was I, I always, she like, she loves education. You know, she goes back to get her psychology degree in the last part of the series. She has that graduation. But even early on, like, one of the most consistent things about her character is that she loves to learn. You know, Claire mm-hmm. takes advantage of that to do reports, but then like she helps Junior with Shakespeare later. Like she mm-hmm. really loves to learn um, and loves to help other people learn. And so I could see her becoming a professor. And it'd be so funny if like the first episode we get the kid, the youngest kid, like going off to college saying like, bye, mom and dad. Um, and then like he goes to his first class. And he shows up and it's his mom teaching the class. And she's like, yeah, I just thought I'd get a, <laughs> I'd get a job. Um, and so we get this interesting dynamic. Yes, yeah, so like her. an adjunct professor or something. Yeah. I do. I, I want to see a reboot of this. If anything, we just get like, we get the series finale we were supposed to get. Like maybe we don't bring in a whole new TV series or something, but like, I really think we needed some sort of conclusion to this. Um, and I think until they have some sort of conclusion to it. Every time somebody rewatches this series through syndication or through streaming, um, they're going to be upset because there's no, because the last episode not only ends on a cliffhanger, but has no resolution of any kind. Cause it, you fully watch it and feel like this does not feel like a finale of any type. Like there's all the other storylines are just B storylines. Like no mm-hmm. one's, no one's having any sentimental moments or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they have so, that clip show. I don't remember watching it. Yeah, like halfway uh, through season five. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess clip they kind of knew what they were about to. I ugh, I totally hate remember when they used <laughs> to do that, but yeah, I think I I just hope that um I think out of all the shows we usually do, I can see this one potentially getting a reboot. Yeah. Um, well, that was great. And I loved the rewatch. I loved rewatching this and I recommend it to anyone. I think it's all, it's always a good laugh. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just like a lot of 2000 sitcoms are, but this one is in particular, just cause I mean, you have two powerhouse comedians uh, leading this show, which always makes it great. And it's just a really good family, really good family dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you have any final thoughts, Ty, before we close it out? Go watch it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's a fun show. You know, it's not... I feel like there's not that many modern sitcoms that I can actually watch. Like, I'm not a big, like, Mike and Molly or Kings of Queens, you know, type of show. Like, I like... The sitcoms I will watch will, would have been, like, you know, Parks and Rec. But, I, but that's why I feel like it's a different type of sitcom. But like a family sitcom, like I don't think there's not that many I watch. So I think My Life and Kids is 
one that I do generally rewatch mm-hmm. and enjoy. In like the like after the nineties, you know, the the big era of sitcoms. It's a good one, and it's on Hulu for the time being. Hulu. So speaking of family sitcoms, um, now this is going to be a, a bit more of a dysfunctional family than the, the, the nice, wholesome family dynamics we had in my kids. Um, but we are going to be continuing the season of family times uh, with another show about families next week with Arrested Development. So that is a whole different type of family um, and a whole different whole different dynamics going on in that show um but that's what we're exploring we're exploring all different family to like family dynamics uh this month so i'm excited about it it's gonna be a lot to talk about but i'm excited so yeah i too yeah all right well we'll see you next week listeners and uh have a happy november hope yeah (laughs) all right Bye. Bye.